Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shall we begin? Let's begin now. This is Brianna Stewart and listening to Dishing and Pushing. everybody, it's David Siegel welcoming you to the Dishin' and Swishin' podcast. And yes, I know last week I made a big deal about the fact that we were going over, switching over to NCAA basketball mode and we had Coach Staley on, but you know, when news breaks in the WNBA, we got to stay on top of that too, and it's a pleasure to welcome now as head coach of the Atlanta Dream, one of my friends from the Connecticut Sun, it's great to see Nikki Collin as the head coach and having her on Dishing and Swishing for the first time. Hi, Nikki. Hello there, David. Glad to be a part of it. Well, it's my pleasure to have you as head coach. Congratulations on a phenomenal season. You know, people may not have seen so much, don't necessarily see what the assistant coaches do, but being there day in, game out, saw that you were definitely one of the more integral parts of the success of the Sun. Well, thank you. I think, uh, you know... The assistants everywhere are are important. I think this year was a fun year for us. Uh, You know, Kurt gave me a lot of responsibility, you know, to run our defense. So I think I became more visible league-wide for that reason. But there's no doubt that in a league where you only have two assistants and a video person or, you know, that that everybody's got to grind, everybody's got to wear multiple hats, you know, for their teams to really be successful. Well, one of the things that you mentioned that was always a little bit on the striking side we saw was that Kurt really trusted you in huddles and timeouts to stamp your feet on the sidelines, uh, to yell to yell and get technicals from fighting with referees. Uh, so, so he was one of those coaches that really cultivated you as your uh, you and Steve Smith as the assistants as people that could become head coach. Yeah, no doubt. And when when I first went to work for Kurt, you know, he always said, you know, I I, I want you on my staff forever if you want to be. Um, at the same time, you know, whatever your dreams are, you know, there's no doubt I'll help you get where you want to go, and I'll I'll never hold you back. And you know, he he came out of the same mold as me in terms of you know when when he was at Colorado State, we were working together. You know, he was the defensive coordinator working for my husband. Gary Blair gave my husband that same freedom when they were together at Arkansas. You saw it with Vic Schaefer and Gary at Texas A&M and, and, and how good Vic is as a head coach at Mississippi State. And so, you know, Kurt and I always wanted to get to that point where, um, you know, I had the pulse on the defense. And, you know, my first year uh, going right from college into the WNBA, it was just it was a great year for me to, to learn the league and for us to kind of figure out how we would work together. I mean, Kurt and I have known each other for 20 years, but, but we hadn't worked together, and I certainly hadn't worked for him. Um, and, and so it had been a long time. And so, you know, just kind of 
understanding the dynamics of how we could make it work and, and, and me gaining that confidence in year one to go into year two and really feel like I would know how to communicate in the huddles with the players, that I had a grasp of the league, how people did things, why they did them, what the counters were to those things that they do, you know, just, just gave us a good balance this year, I think. Now, I am concerned that since, you know, I, you don't usually see assistants get teed up, but since you got one this year, you know, what is that going to, you know, is that kind of, uh, you know, getting you started, are we going to see somebody that's going to be a challenger for the title of most technical fouls by a coach this year? Well, I don't know. Like, I, I'd like to believe I'm not going to be a contender, um, you know, in, in that scenario, but there's no doubt I'm passionate. There's no doubt I want my players to understand that I'm going to fight for them um, when it comes to calls and things that are going on on, on the floor. Um, you know, I, I, I think that uh, there's probably going to be a few. Um, I think I'm going to be on my feet, you know, most of the game. I don't think I'll be sitting down a whole lot. But, you know, hopefully I'm not a contender, you know, because all that comes out of your paycheck too. Oh, come on. The team's going to cover it for you. Yeah, right. You didn't, I, know, I know you negotiated that into your contract. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so let's move ahead and, start, and talk a little bit about, you know, what's going to be happening and what's going on. Now, the first question that a lot of people have, and I don't know how much you are at liberty to say or not, is what is the story on the general manager position with this team? Is this something that you are temporarily filling in, you're going to permanently fill in, Is you're not doing it at all? You know, we know that Chris Sienko helped in the search for your position. Uh, you know, is, is there anything that you could say about his involvement? You know, where is the team going with that position? Yeah, I think it's still a bit of a work in progress. Obviously, with Coop, uh, he kind of split it with his assistant, and um, you know, in terms of managing the day-to-day side of it, um, you know, I I think over time, you know, I may transition to it at some point, but that has not been the plan, uh, at least early on, and it's just kind of getting all the pieces to fit together. Uh, you know, there's just there's a lot of things in motion right now between you know trying to hire assistant coaches and, you know, from IT needs and and software needs. And so we're just kind of hammering away one day at a time. And, you know, I'm just in constant contact with the owners as well as, you know, Teresa, who oversees the business side, Teresa Wenzel. Um, So, I mean, I think we're moving in in the right direction, but I'm not sure we we know exactly uh, where it's going to end up. I just think we feel good about where we're at. Having watched Kurt transition from just the head coach to the GM and business side responsibilities, you you saw how much that added on his plate. So can I assume that at least for now, if you had your druthers, you wouldn't mind just getting the hang of being the head coach of this team first and getting that getting that all in a row? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that was a not necessarily a tough transition, but. You know, Kurt, as someone who um, prepares as hard as anybody, you know, I've ever been around in my life, um, certainly losing time uh, watching video and doing some of the things he was used to doing um, and and doing paperwork. And, you know, uh, the great thing about it was I, I really got a strong um, sense of, of what that all means. I, I t- tended to play secretary. Uh, for Kurt all year in terms of doing contracts and things like that. So uh, it taught me a lot about, you know, some of the intricacies and the rules of the trade deadline and the cap and and seven-day contracts and, you know, all of that. Um, 
you know, I, I learned a lot about this year. But there's no doubt I would rather concentrate on coaching. I would, I would rather have someone facilitate, um, you know, the trade talks and the, you know, free agency stuff. And, and certainly every coach wants control of their roster and wants to build their roster and, you know, have all of that. But, but yeah, I, I would be thrilled to have someone, you know, work alongside me. Now, you gave me the perfect segue there as you mentioned the assistant coaches. Now, you obviously have to go out and fill your staff now. Uh, you are known for your work in, with the backcourt, uh, which this team certainly is loaded at. So, you know, do you have any kind of guides or goals or ideas that you want out of your assistant coaches? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I've talked to a number of people, and while no one's in place, I, I feel good. Uh, about the direction, you know, I'm headed. I obviously want a staff that will balance me. You know, above all, it's, it's loyalty. I know how much I enjoy going to work every day in Connecticut because of the staff that Kurt Bild and, and Steve and, and Chris Coclanis. You know, we just we didn't just um, work well together. We enjoyed being around each other. And the hours you put in, um, in season in this league, it's, it's your family. I mean, it's your family on the road. Um, but the amount of time we spent together is, is um, you know, hard to replicate in any other environment. And so, you know, having having someone that, that loves coaching uh, the front court, of course important, you know, as well as, as you know, I, I don't want yes people. You know, I want people that are going to challenge me like I challenge Kurt, you know, and, and Kurt and I could go into a room and banter back and forth and, uh, you know, Amber Cox could attest to the fact that sitting in that office next to us, like, whoa, what's going on in there? You know, but it was all good stuff. Like, it was never personal. It was just us, you know, getting out what we thought, you know, we needed to do in, in game prep for another opponent. And, you know, when we walked out of that office, we were always on the same page. And, you know, we were going to go have lunch together. And, and so, you know, I, I want I want people that are going to challenge me, um, but then be on the same page with me. So, you know, it's, it's, it's getting to that comfort zone. Um, you know, obviously when you've been a head coach before and you, you've had people that have worked for you, with you before, you tend sometimes to know who those people are. And I think, like, that's what I'm still in that mode of building those relationships and, and still finding out who the, who the right people are. Well, you know, when it goes into building relationships, I guess my first question there is, so have you gone and had ice cream at Angel's Place? You know, I haven't been, outside of my interview, I haven't been back in market. So I haven't been there. Um, but that will be my first stop, of course, um, when I'm back in Atlanta. Uh, but have had, you know, good conversations uh, with with Angel. Um, and that, that, that's gotten me excited, too, about, you know, the direction we're headed. Uh, because, you know, I, lo- I know a lot of people question whether she'd, back, she'd be back. But she wants to be back. She wants to be Atlanta, in Atlanta. And, and I think we're, you know... We certainly had a little bit of a relationship from our college time, but, you know, a lot of time has passed since then. I've grown up a lot. She's grown up a lot since then. And so just, just kind of starting, you know, from the beginning and, and, and starting to build the relationship with her, but not just her. I mean, you know, I know, you know, that the players in China, like I've got to get them, you know, early in the morning and late at night because it's 12 hours ahead. And then, you know, we've got the players in Poland and Israel and, um, so, you know, I've just really, the first week on the job, I've worked hard to connect uh, to all of them and, and, you know, not necessarily even on a basketball level, but, but hey, let's just, I want you to know me and I want to get to know you and I, 
I want to know what you love about Atlanta and like what what we can be better at. So it's you know it's it's been both sides of that. This past uh, season, you know, being involved with the All Star Game, you were able to coach Tiffany Hayes, Laisha Clarendon, and Elizabeth Williams a little bit. What did you see out of them when you were able to? You know, obviously it's a totally different setting than a regular season or a playoff. But what did you get to get out of them? What kind of sense of their abilities and where you can go with those three in particular? Yeah, I mean, really excited to um, coach in the All-Star game. Uh, but at the same time, with them, you just start to learn their personalities a little bit. Because in that environment, it's, it's about having fun and, and, you know, just kind of being light, um, of course. But, you know, clearly, Lasia and and uh, Elizabeth, as first-time All-Stars and, and being in that environment, you know, were just um, – they're easy to communicate with. They're, they, they love the game. They, they want to get better. Um, you know, being in a game where they weren't supposed to play defense, you know, or, or play very little defense, I think kind of goes against who they are at their core. Like, that just wasn't very comfortable for them. So I think they're both super hungry – uh, want to be good. Uh, I mean, obviously, Elizabeth has played for, for two different teams already. Lage has played for two different teams uh, in this league. So they have perspective, too, on what's what's different from, you know, Atlanta from when Lage was in Indy or uh, Connecticut and um, Atlanta in Elizabeth's case. You know, Tiffany is just a little quieter, um, but crazy talented has been, you know, great to communicate with early on in terms of, liking the idea of moving forward and some change and doing things a little differently. So, you know, definitely thrilled to coach all three of them. Uh, can't, can't wait to get started in training camp. And I like, you know, that all three of them will be there for training camp because they're not in countries that are going to have conflicts that way. The roster had some serious upheaval last year. There was the, the fairly controversial trade at the end where, you know, Tamara Young and – uh, Monty Boyette came in for draft choices that you no longer have. But the other thing, <laughs> sorry, yeah, hate, won't give it back. hate to rub it in. Yeah, yeah. There, I heard Amber said no backs when she when that trade was done. <laughs> Same thing on the Jasmine Thomas and Alex Bentley trades too. They said no backs. Yeah. Uh, but if you just even if you just look at who was there, you know, I noticed that there was about nine different, nine or ten different people that started at various times, and you know some of it, of course, had to do with injury and international play. But how important is it going to be for you to try and stabilize this roster, get people used to being in particular roles, and, and understanding that this is what they're supposed to be doing, even if it's a modification of what they did last year? Yeah, I think from the beginning, it's about building trust with them, building in a system, um, and then getting them to, to trust it. I think, obviously, you know, when you take our Connecticut team being, you know, what was viewed as an obvious rebuild uh, when we got there, at the same time, you know, you're coaching pros who expect to win. You know, they, they didn't expect to, to not do well that first year we were, we were there. But there was no doubt that over time they started to understand the why more, uh, why we did what we did, whether it was offensively or defensively. Um, and, and really started to trust us more as the first season went along, and, and it carried over and was so much easier the second year. So I think training camp for me is about, you know, putting those pieces where they best fit and, and figuring out how to utilize um, all the talent on that roster. 
And, and there's certainly a lot of different things we could do. Um, but my job this off season is to really build those packages, you know, for certain players and, and what are we going to run out of transition and, and what's the back end of all of that stuff. And so, um, you know, I think we have to, when you look at, um, and, and they're a little different, but when you look at LA, LA rarely plays more than seven or eight people, you know, and, but everybody kind of has that defined role. And it certainly changed as they had injuries and, and, you know, Odyssey became, um, you know, a starter and a contributor in a huge way for them. You know, and, and Minnesota at times has played more players maybe because of their age, but they had their system. And so I, I think there's no doubt that we have to get the players to understand, like, what their roles are. And, you know, that, being able to step up in, in an absence of a player is a whole different thing. But you, you want to create that rotation um, where players know when they're coming in and they know with, what they're going to play through. And, you know, so, yeah, I think we've got to establish that. And I think that was hard for them last year with Amani coming in late. And how does she figure is she loses backup or is, you know, can they play together? And so there's, there's still a lot of um, dynamics to figure out that way. Now, when it comes to looking at your roster going forward, you do have the second round pick. So that's something. Plus you have to deal with free agency and, you know, what do you look at in terms of what needs to be modified on this roster? I mean, it's a situation where you've got, you know, three very strong shooting guards, uh, if you counted, uh, Holmes, Sykes, and Hayes all at that position. So you right. can go, you can play them at the, at, at a wing and, and go small, but, you know, where do you need to move things around? You've got Sancho, who is still outstanding, but is getting older. You know, what, what are you looking at? You think, what can you share with us about your shaping of the roster for next year? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously last year it was a revolving door, you know, with the backup point guard. They just had a hard time settling in on that. You know, I think, you know, most teams in this league tend to roll with, like, seven guards and five post players. And I know you can draw the line and you can take a player like Alyssa Thomas and say, well, what is she? You know, because she can, she can flip back and forth. And you certainly have um, certain teams that, that – uh, have room to play in that area. But I think the team, obviously, as, as finishing last in three-point shooting, I think in free agency we've, we've got to probably add a shooter. So those are, you know, kind of obvious needs because, you know, I think there were like three or four different backup point guards over the, last, over the season last year. Um, and then, you know, then it's, then it's figuring out Sancho. Is she, you know, as an unrestricted free agent, um, you know, is she, does she want to come back? Does she, you know, where, where does she see herself? Is she, uh, you know, a wily veteran in this league? I mean, I think there's one, I, I think she's one of the players in the league that even when her stats don't dictate, um, you know, her stat line isn't huge, she affects the game in a lot of ways with her length and her ability to stay loose in the post. Um, and, and she still can step out and hit that 17 footer, um, just isn't as aggressively looking for it later in her career so I think that's you know that's conversations that that we need to have uh moving forward but you have a, a good young player in Dantas you know with Elizabeth and Boyette you have two fives and can Elizabeth swing to the four some so you know we've got to we've got to shore up kind of the the depth in the post um but definitely excited about the pieces we we even have you know I think Dantas really has a chance to be a really really good player in the WNBA 
Um, so her continuing to, to gain confidence, you know, where she was in the league, then stayed in Brazil and played with the national team the Olympic year and, and then coming back. And, um, you know, I, I think she's got a ton of room for growth. Well, the other thing that I want to ask you about is how comfortable has it been so far in being the salesperson for the organization? Are you hearing from, you know, all the all the older season ticket holders saying that they've had enough of losing and, you know, why should I sign, re-up if you don't have it without Angel? And I'm sure you've been getting an earful from that. Well, you know, I've, I've reached out and, and, and the feedback has been somewhat honest, you know. I mean, it's always tough, like, Let's be real, David. I mean, a team that moves from Phillips to, you know, moves venues in the same year that Angel decides not to play, um, you know, they they got off to a good start, um, but then hit some bumps in the road. But, you know, they were always competitive. You know, we we caught them at Connecticut in the middle of their, their long seven, eight, nine-game losing streak, and we were still scared to death of them. You know, it wasn't like, you know, we – like took the game for granted and um you know so so i think it was a little bit of a perfect storm this year um but i am like i'm excited to sell the dream brand i mean i you've been around me i love people i love getting out in the community i i love talking about who we are and and i mean who we are as a league like i mean i'm genuinely every day proud to be associated with the WNBA and the players in this league and 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 how we go about you know our business and and uh, so I mean I, I think that's a, it's an exciting time to think about getting back in market and really getting in front of some of the the season ticket holders or the ones that are on the fence about continuing to be season ticket holders and you know so um, you know, it's been good you know I, I obviously have done a lot of media engagements over the last week and. And, you know, we'll continue to promote as much as I can, you know, who we are and where, where we want to go. Well, you know, that seems like a perfect place for us to put the wraps on this because, you know, one thing that I know is your excitement is legitimate and the energy that you're going to bring to the job is something that is contagious. So I think that Atlanta made a great hire here and it's great to see an assistant coach get promoted. And also, it's great to see a, another woman get a head coaching job. So, all of these things make us make Atlanta a very exciting team for next year. Nikki, I want to wish you good luck, and I want to thank you for taking time to be with us. All right, thank you too, David. I appreciate it. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.